Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blue Wire. A Youth the Jazz podcast. Why did I stop the recording and start it again also? I'm all right. Here Struggle we go. busting hard. We go. It's the all star break for all of us. Vacation, baby. Who gives a f- one, two, three, Cancun? <laughs> all right. Is... I want to go to Cancun. I'm not going to Italy, so. Speaker, headphones. <clears throat> this just is someone who can't make up their mind. Bye, Han. I love you. Enjoy swimming lessons with our boy. Love ya. Yeah. Sure. Great. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Goodbye to you for him. Well, that's probably as good an intro as anything. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for Deseret News, and as always, my co host, Greg Foster. Greg, you look like RoboCop. <laughs> I do. It's very, I don't have my blind set up in my office yet that I've been putting off for like over a year. So instead of actually having functional blinds, I'm just wearing sunglasses. I'm going to take a screenshot of this so that I can post it with the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay. Look, sort of look up towards the light a little bit more. No, like I'm oh. not like you make me sound like I'm dying. No, no, like look up just look, a t- look to go towards the light. Look towards me just a little bit more. There's like one spot where it, <laughs> where like the sun shines and it looks like there's a star on your face. Okay, I'm just gonna take <laughs> I'm taking a picture. I'm so good at podcasting. Look at me. Look, look cute. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, this is great content for people listening. <laughs> play by play of Sarah Todd taking a screenshot of my face Uh, coming at you live from Los Angeles uh, the day after the Jazz lose to the Lakers in honestly kind of disgusting fashion Um, it was so bad it was really bad and we're going to talk about that we're talking about some other stuff. I will ask you now. And we'll ask you again at the end of the episode. Send your mailbag questions to us because our next episode will be a mailbag episode. And we're going to get to as many as we can. And so send those bad boys in. Email, tweet, carrier pigeons. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Email and tweets probably it. So, yeah. Tell me what you thought about the Jazz's game against the Lakers. Art. Yeah, noise. that's a good one. <laughs> no, I thought they were great for about three and a half quarters. Yeah. Or, you know, about 38 minutes. So more like a little bit more than three quarters. 
they looked awful starting the game and then they closed it out in absolutely embarrassing fashion. And I understand like LeBron James went LeBron James. I think that's a part of it. Uh, I think that he is the greatest player uh, of our generation, if not of all time. Yeah. And he had a quintessential throwback LeBron James performance just simply looked at the Utah jazz and scoffed and said, I'm LeBron James. And he did LeBron James things. However, if I you are the Utah jazz, there what's are important there. What's important there is that had the jazz just kept playing LeBron James wouldn't have done that. Sure. I totally agree. The jazz gave the Lakers and LeBron James an opportunity to do LeBron James Lakers things. Right. Uh, and they played straight into their hand. Um, and it just, once again, uh, is the latest iteration, latest example of the jazz's fatal flaw. I know that I said last episode that the jazz have a puncher's chance. I don't think I'm even there anymore. You know, I understand that the Lakers game is just one game, but it again, just exposed the warts of this team. Uh, and the fact of the matter is we are two thirds of the way through this season. And this jazz team is still talking about bad habits and losing focus and uh, not taking advantage of things. This, at this point, this is who you are. This is your identity. And there's a big enough sample size and, and, and enough examples for me to go all in on believing that this is who you are, you know, it seems like every other game, sure, they pull some out, but like other teams go on ridiculous runs and the Jazz blow huge leads. Championship teams, granted, they won the game, but do not give up 22 to four runs to the New York Knicks. Championship teams do not blow 12 point leads with six minutes left against the Los Angeles Lakers, who over the last month, have three wins against playoff teams, two of which just happen to be the Utah Jazz. And the biggest thing, and this is a sample size going back all the way to 2017, 20, 2018, the Jazz do not, still do not have an answer when teams go small and switch everything. They still don't. And I do not believe that it's automatically just going to start working two-thirds of the way through the fifth or sixth season of this being a problem. So, I mean, I'm wondering then, because I, 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 mean, I think all fair criticisms, I think a uh, very bad loss. Uh, it definitely makes you think, you know, this is an unserious team. Uh, it, it is. It, they are an unserious team. I'm fully so, on the bandwagon of that. And until they prove me other or they prove otherwise, I have no choice but to think that. Right. And so my question is, what, what is it that proves it otherwise? Like, for example, the in March, the Jazz are going to play um, Suns, Mavericks, Bucks, Bulls, Clippers, Nets. Uh, and that's just up until the 21st of March. And so some very, very good high level contending teams. Right. Um, let's just say, like, hypothetically, like they win each of those games. I, I would be much more confident in this team 
having a puncher's chance. Right. And so like, so I guess what I'm getting at is like, they can still prove it. There's only 24 games left in the season after the all-star break, but like that is enough time to prove to the fan base that they're serious. Cause like if they win all those games, we're probably, you know, on this podcast talking about like, wow, they've really changed their tune and they're beating some high level contending teams. And I think maybe they've turned a page, right? Sure. Um, but, but as of where they stand right now, right today, uh, I, I don't believe I'm very skeptical. Actually, I I'll go on record and say, they're not going to win all of those games. That's, that's an impossibility. Um, and the fact of the matter is they'll probably continue to struggle. They've been playing 500 ball, uh, for a while, you know, they still have terrible perimeter defense, you know, that hasn't changed. Adding Daniel house is nice. He's not the end all be all. He's not the stopgap. He's not, he's not the, the one and only guy who you can plug in and change everything. And, and they still have terrible, terrible habits. And more than anything, they still can't beat a team that, that goes small and switches everything. And that's been a problem since the playoff series against the Warriors in Donovan Mitchell's rookie season. And I think that is uh, an indictment on the coaching staff. I think is an indictment on the front office for not uh, plugging the hole year after year when you know that it's a glaring problem. And I also think part of it, a lot of it falls on the players. All, all the Lakers were doing last night was trapping Donovan Mitchell. They weren't doing anything and, and like s- switching things when the Jazz would would run their pick and rolls and would would run their screens. Like very, very basic defense. Nothing that they were doing was, was earth shattering or groundbreaking. It was all very basic. And still like you can't even Rudy Gobert's in the been in the league what now for eight, nine years? Eight, yeah. Yeah, and he still can't punish a defense. He still doesn't have a go-to move when he gets a smaller guy on a switch. And and his teammates confidence have, have has waned so much in him because he's been such a repeat offender of this. And I don't mean to like slam Rudy Gobert, fabulous player, but that is a huge, tremendous flaw in his game that he still in year eight cannot punish teams who go small. I'm done talking about the defense with him. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. We don't need to talk about that. He can guard just about anyone at any time. I'm not worried about that. I am worried that this t- he, he very much lowers this team's ceiling when he can't punish people inside and even have like a go-to like drop step hook shot when he gets a small guy on it. It's a well, glaring problem. That- and I think that there are times when like he does, he does punish the offense in the right way. Like even when they're like trying to spread the floor or he punishes the defense, I mean, in the right way, like the jazz will be spreading the floor and have a bunch of small defenders. And like, if Rudy just like aggressively is posting up someone, mm-hmm. then often you'll have a help defender drop in and then it'll open up a guy on the outside for a three. And so I think, I think there are ways for him to punish defenses for going small, even without having the ball in his hands, you know, like he can offensively punish them. 
but like, you know, last night was last night was probably the worst game that I've watched Rudy play. Definitely the season, maybe in the, in the three was, seasons yeah, yeah. that I've been here. And he didn't look like he, he certainly isn't all the way back from that calf injury. You could tell. Right. Well, there, was, and like, there's, there's, I was rewatching some of the, the film from last night and like, and I was watching it specifically because after the game, when we talked to Rudy, he, he did not like take any, any blame for that loss. And that's really frustrating for him that's, to not. Yeah. Like, that's gotta be up. super frustrating because he and was bad on both ends of the court. And it's been, I mean, I think it's made more frustrating by the fact that like Rudy does take blame often. Like he, right. he's not a guy that won't come into the interview room and say like, I need to do better. Like defense starts with me and that's where we're lacking. And so I need to communicate more. Like he said those things before. Right. Um, and then when we asked him last night, I mean, he basically was like, I I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And like, I think we did well in those situations where, when, like, when I rewatch the film, it's like, he's got Austin Reeves under the basket. And then he, instead of posting Austin Reeves and like creating a space, he just like let Austin Reeves get around him and block Mike yeah. Conley shot. And then you're making Mike Conley inefficient because he can't get to the rim and he's not getting right. calls. And so it's just like the trickle down effect of like Rudy not being aggressive on offense, which does not mean he has to like hook shot, right? Like for him to be aggressive on offense and, and, and punish a team like the Lakers for putting Austin Reeves on him. He just has to post him. Yeah. He's got to do something other than just like stand there, stand there. And like, I think last, maybe this is like a bigger problem because I know last time when the the Jazz blew a double digit lead against the Lakers in the first game, uh, we were talking about how his teammates either just didn't see him or didn't trust him because he did everything right. And I wonder if this game, it's like, well, why would I do the same thing and try to get the same result? You know, well, I wonder if like there's, I wonder if there was some pouting. Like Rudy Gobert that, has, has been prone to pouting in his career. I think that last night, I mean, I do think it's a, a bit of an anomaly with Rudy because I do think that he has great performances more often than not. Right. Like sure, me, absolutely. like having, having a bad game on both sides of the floor, like Rudy did last night is not something that I expect to continue going forward. That being said, like some of the stuff that he did slash said, I, I don't know how to totally explain it. Like yeah. he dared LeBron James in the closing minutes of a game to shoot over him. And then he like admitted, one of the greatest closers in the history of basketball. And then he admitted it after the game and didn't really see a problem with it. Like he you was like, I, he was like, he literally said, yeah, he just missed one pretty bad and it was short. And so I, you know, I kind of dared him to shoot it and he hit it. Yeah. He's LeBron James. Yeah. And it's like, you know what I did last week just because I was bored and was taking a break from work? I, I hopped on imagine. I hopped on YouTube and like on the front page was a 10-minute video of LeBron hitting clutch shots with like 30 seconds left in a game against every team in the NBA. That's what LeBron does. He's a four-time MVP. He's a four-times finals MVP. He has literally <laughs> scored more points in basketball than anyone ever ever outside of literally no he passed Kareem oh you're right you're right yeah you're right you're right yeah he has literally scored more points <laughs> right in all of basketball oh my god yeah what, it's what uh, are we doing? that's 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 kind of some unbelievable arrogance 
<laughs> like I dared him to shoot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bad, bad choice guy. I'm not going Again. to Vegas with you. <laughs> it's like when he said that last night, I was like, I almost wanted to like in the middle of, you know, the post-game interview go LeBron James. <laughs> Yeah, that makes me, that's like talking to someone in like 2007 who just put up all of their money in subprime mortgages. (laughs) Yeah. What did you think was going to happen, guy? Yeah. But yeah, and it's just like, this team has terrible habits. They do, like when Rudy, and Rudy talked about that, and it's funny because like he was the main offender last night about this team like not having that intensity not having like that that step on your throat kind of a thing they get so complacent and it's it's so it's it's so puzzling to me and it looked to me like as soon as Anthony Davis went down which thank goodness that injury is not as bad as it looked Oh my God. I know that was so, I thought 100% AD broke his ankle. I thought we were looking at like another Gordon Hayward situation. Thank good. We, or thank, thank goodness that didn't happen, but it seemed like the second he went down, the jazz are just like, okay, well we got this in the bag. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. And you know, I will say, you know, I'm kind of bashing on Rudy for good reason. He, he was bad last night. And then his response to being bad last night was not good. But it was not the only offender, though. Mike no, was really I, bad. But I think that the thing that stuck out to me, two things. One, there's like, like I said earlier, LeBron James is able to take over a game in a way that we're we're all familiar with. You can be a right. casual NBA fan and understand what LeBron can do at the end of a game. And the and the jazz absolutely gave him an opening lebron was kind of like sleepwalking through most of that game if we're being honest like he wasn't he really trying. he didn't care for three quarters right and so six minutes left in the game and you give him an opening and he's like well i guess i'll just go do lebron like yeah like they they waltzed into allowing him to do that and so that's that's one thing i think is just like the the body language and the focus on the game which is something that we've talked about many times. It was just, it was so apparent last night. The The other thing that stands out the most to me is that it feels like if the jazz were to all get on one wavelength, that maybe things would be okay. But it uh-huh. feels like at any point, there's like a group of people who are, have the right mindset. And then there's a group of people that not, and then it switches. So like right. earlier, earlier in the season, it was Rudy who was like, why the f- aren't we doing these things? Like I'm out here dying for you guys and no yeah. one else is playing defense. And then it's like last night, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal come into the interview room and they're like, what are we doing here? Like, you know, we've all got to be on the same page. And, and Donovan is like, I was doing, I was doing stuff in the second half. I wouldn't have done in the first half. Like, I don't know where our minds went. And like, so taking account, like owning up to the mistakes, Royce O'Neal came in and he was like, yeah, I had two turnovers that probably cost us that game. And also I should have taken, I should have taken that last shot. And we're like, yeah, yeah, buddy, you should have. Yeah, buddy, you should have, which is so, so that was so wild because he had hit, two big threes previous in the game and like is one of the jazz's best three-point shooters he's like he he hits those shots all the time it was so it was so weird and he totally like owned up 
to that moment and was like, I just, I like, I wasn't very aware of myself. I didn't know where I was. And like the, after the sidestep, he wasn't sure like how close, I think it might've been Reeves or maybe it was Tucker um, closing out on him, but he didn't know where he was or how close to the, the uh, edge of the court he was. And so it just like, he, he, he owned up to it. He's like, I've got to be more aware in a situation like that. And so you got accountability and accountability. And the Rudy comes in, he's like, yeah, I dared LeBron James to shoot over me. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. That kind of, that kind of just, that just knocks down that whole house of cards. Right. And so like, you know, earlier in the season, that's why I'm saying it's like, it's like flip-flopping. Like you've got now Rudy's not like really taking any of the blame for a loss where he was clearly at his worst. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, when when are we all going to agree on the situation where everyone can kind of put their heads down? It's like, I kind of wish maybe that this jazz team would have like a players only meeting, you know, it feels very necessary. Like get these guys in a locker room and just like hash them out and just like all put your hands together and be like, we all need to care more than anything else. Like we just all every night, every possession, like whether we're messing up or not, like, that's the thing. It's like, even if you're making mistakes, if we're all like, if we all care more than the other team and we're all like making an effort to care, I think that this Mm -hmm. jazz team really would have a puncher's chance, but it feels like, like every day is, you know, it's just very weird. It's so inconsistent that I don't know exactly how to. Yeah. There's, 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 there's a a definite disconnect there for sure. And I don't thank goodness. I'm not a GM or a coach because I certainly don't have the answers of how to fix that. But I do recognize that it's a huge problem. I feel like I went on a rant and that it made no sense. No, I'm with but, you there. But it feels, I mean, if you do you see what I'm saying, where it, like, it feels yeah. like, like they had like that run, they had that six game win streak that was broken last night. Like, yeah, they it, look great. It felt, it felt so connected. And then all of a sudden it was just like, poof. And, all, and, and then we're, they're bouncing around again. And that right there is the reason why I cannot buy into this team right now is because they might win six games and then lose seven because this team is manic, right? They are. They look incredible. Like they lose 11 of 13, then go on a six game win streak where they look awesome. And then all of a sudden it seems like it's completely undone in six minutes. Right. And I, and I was trying to ask the guys last night, like, this being the last game before the all-star break, like, is that good or bad? And, you know, they, they all say, they all said like, you know, it's good for us to get away and clear our minds and like refresh and reset and come back at this with, you know, clear eyes, uh-huh. which is exactly what they're supposed to say. Cause they can't, it'd be really bad if they probably said the opposite. Right. Right. But like, maybe it is the opposite. Like, I don't really know if it's good or bad. Cause it's like, if they go into the all-star break with that loss on their minds, do they come back? refreshed or do they come back kind of resentful right yeah or are they like in their own heads and right and then start pressing which we've seen from this team a lot this season right and we they get you know they get desperate and then they do the whole uh downward spiral thing right i just think the jazz are definitely better than what they showed last night Certainly. And they, but, they looked awesome the first, you know, 
for, for three out of four quarters of that game, which is very much kind of the encapsulation of this season. Yeah. And like, I think a lot about, I'm pretty sure it was last season. And I think they were playing Detroit at home. Maybe, I don't know. Um, there was a, there was a point where the jazz were just kind of doing that thing where they, they spiral during a game and, uh-huh. and they're just like compounding mistakes and they're all mistakes that they know how to fix. Uh-huh. And there was a timeout where Quinn Snyder like walked over to the huddle and, and just like threw down his clipboard and, and was like, it, you guys figure it out and walked away. Yeah. And like. Feels like that needs to happen again. Yeah, it does. It does. It feels like, you know, as a coach, there are only so many things you can do. There are only so many practices you can run. There's only so much film you can watch. There are only so many pep talks that you can give your guys. Right. But ultimately it's up to them and it's a mindset thing. Yeah, it is. Like they have to make the decision. It's much, it's a lot like parenting, you know? Yeah. I, I do that. I do this with my four-year-old all the time where I, I try <laughs> to be, I try to be a consultant more than like be his buddy. Yeah. You know, and in certain situations I will tell him, well, let's, let's explore the options. You know, you can do this, <laughs> you can do this, you can do this. Now, if I were you, I would go with option B that to me seems like the path of least resistance that will net you the most positive results. Now I can't make that decision for you. You need to go out and do that yourself. You're good, dad. (laughs) I love this. And I love the idea of thinking about Noah going through this consulting meeting with you. (laughs) We do it. We do it all the time, literally daily. (laughs) Love it. I mean, but you're right though. Like, and I think, and now like, I feel like a lot of people hear me say like, you know, Quinn Snyder needs to throw his hands up. Players need to have a players only meeting. And th- that like, those sound like panicky things. I don't mean it in a panicky way. I mean it in like a, like, let's, let's rally around this. Like I I mean it in a positive way. Like this team just needs to come together right now over me. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that they can do it. I just, I, I don't, and I don't know what the answer is. Like if I was the coach of this team, I'd probably take the, you know, throw the clipboard down approach. Is that going to piss guys off and make it worse? I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know what else, what else do you do? Cause you can't sit here and like rah, rah and like, or like, pat everybody in the head and say, it's going to be okay. You can like, but the, cause the fact of the matter is if the jazz continue down this path of like inconsistency and brain farts and lack of effort and, and, and these repeat offenses, their ceiling is a second round exit. Yeah. Maybe, they don't, they don't, yeah. they don't get the, they don't get the three seed. Maybe they get by the Nuggets or the Mavericks or whomever in the first round, and then they get dog walked against Phoenix. Right. I maybe the answer is like somewhere in between there, where like like maybe maybe Quinn is involved in like going to the players one day and saying like, "Hey, I want us to be the best version of ourselves," mm-hmm. and so I think that it would be good 
for you guys to get in a room together. None of, none of us coaches involved and just like talk about what it is that you want. Yep. Like maybe you approach it with positivity, but like also like some boundaries. And I think, I think that those kinds of things would really help this team because I, I don't, I don't think this is about talent or skill or ability. I think that this is just getting everyone on the same page. I think you're right. I think we know how talented this team is. This team has an embarrassment of riches. You've got two all-stars, two guys that I'm fairly certain are going to make all NBA this season. Right. Like you've got a great coach. You've got, you know, you've got Mike Conley and Boyan who are super consistent and like are probably in that fringe right outside all-star level guys. Like, Jordan Clarkson was a six man of the year last year. You know what he can do. Like you got young guys stepping up and, you know, Trent Forrest is playing great. Uh, Hassan, when he wants to, has been out of this world. Uh, so like, yeah, we know how good this team is, but it can't be individual efforts. And that's right. what we're getting a lot of. We saw that yeah. with last night, like first half Donovan played probably the best half of his, of, of this season against the Lakers defended his Drop, what was it like 20 26 points in the first half or something like that like was unbelievable on both ends and then had a pretty stinky second half yeah. you know but it's also like the guys just kind of set seemed to kind of just take a back seat and we're fine with that and very complacent we're just like okay let's let donovan do this and then when the Lakers figured out that's what they were doing and they just trapped Donovan and nobody else could make them pay, they lost the game. Yeah. And that happened, that happens a lot. And I understand like riding the hot hand, but basketball is a team game. Yeah. You got to have, even if somebody's hot, like that should, that should be motivation for you to want to get on their level, not sit back and watch a, a, a guy have a great performance. Exactly. If anything, if anything, you should want to aid to that performance. Right. And, you know, if Royce is hitting shots and Jordan's playing in, inside the offense and, you know, Mike is Mike is doing Mike things that happens. That's not what happened last night. No. And it happens too much. We see it happen, you know, like it's happened with, you know, when, when Rudy and, and Don were out, Mike would take over games but it wasn't enough. Boyan would, would take over games. It wasn't enough. You need that collective effort. And that's, what's missing. Yeah. Um, Greg, I know you've got a meeting that you've got to get to. So we're going to cut this one short. The bills gotta, gotta get that. I was going to try to be cool. And then I failed. (laughs) I got to keep my lights on. Yeah. Got to keep the lights on. So we're going to wrap this one, um, but we're going to come back. Like I said, we're doing a mailbag episode. And so everyone send in all your stuff, unsalvageablepod at gmail.com. If you want to email us, you can tweet at Greg at dad, dad. You can tweet at me at NBA, Sarah, send us DMS. However you want to do it. We have posts up on the unsalvageables Twitter um, about the mailbag episode. And so you can respond to that. Uh, send us your questions and we're going to answer them this week and we're going to try to try to enjoy the all-star break and hope that this team can come back 
with a little bit of different attitude. So uh, thanks for listening. As always, you guys know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, download, do all of the things. And we will talk to you next time. Deuces. Deuces. All right. I got to run. I love you very much. I'll love talk you too. To you soon. Bye. All right. Bye.